We are now going to begin a new piece of Talmud to tractate Psachim in uh, in your booklet. It would be on page six in the original Talmud and seven with the English translation. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read as I usually do from the Hebrew and translate. You can follow along either in Hebrew or in English. And then I'm going to pause from time to time, elaborate and explain what the Talmud is saying, and then move from text to text, from um, paragraph to paragraph. Let's begin. The concept, sorry, the context of this uh, Talmud there in Tractate Psachim is about the prohibition to cook on Yom Tov for a weekday, for a Yom Chol. That's the discussion there. As a result, this will have implication to whether I'm allowed or not cooking on a Yom Tov for a Shabbos. And not only whether I'm allowed or not allowed, it will also have implication of how to define these prohibitions. From the Yom Tov to weekday, from the Yom Tov to Shabbat, is it a biblical one? Is the rabbinical prohibition? As a result, it will have implication to Eruv Tavshilin, which is our discussion in Tractate Beitzah. And so, if you want to have a complete picture of Eruv Tavshilin, you need the text of Tractate Beitzah, which is the original source, and to cover also a bit of a text here in Tractate Psachim. Let's take a look. Says the Gemara Itmar, it was taught somebody who is baking, or for the matter of the discussion, baking or cooking is the same thing. So somebody is baking or cooking on a Yom Tov on a holiday, Pesach, Sukkot, or Shavuot. Lechol, for the purpose of a weekday. Is Rav Chizda Omar, Rav Chizda says, Loike, is Chayev Malkus, is punishment is lashes. Rabba Omar, Rabba said, Eino Loike. No. His punishment is not lashes. He doesn't receive lashes. Now, I know that some of you are familiar with those terms. I'll just clarify briefly the terms here, if you're not familiar with them. Loike or no loike, lashes or no lashes, refers to whether this is a biblical prohibition or not a biblical prohibition. The punishment for a biblical prohibition 
his lashes. Obviously, if it was done on purpose, if there were two witnesses, if the person was warned, and so and so on. Okay, there are different types of punishment, and if it was on purpose, it, it could be lashes. On most of the prohibition of love of a negative mitzvah, it would be lashes. And if it wasn't on purpose, it would be bringing a, a carbon chattas, bringing an offering in the, in the temple. So Rav Chizda, in other words, says that the prohibition of cooking from a holiday, on, a, on a holiday for, for a weekday, it's, it's biblical. Loike, Malchus. It's a biblical prohibition. Rabbi said, no, ain't no loike. Is, it's not a biblical prohibition. What is it? I'm asking you. Anybody would like to say, so what is it? From, from the wording of Rabbah? Rabbinical. You say, it's a rabbinical prohibition. How do you know that this is not completely allowed? Even rabbinically? Very good. Very good. Because if it was completely allowed, if there was no prohibition whatsoever... Rabbi should have said more than that, not just Enoloiki doesn't receive lashes. He should have said, Mutar, it's, it's fine, it's okay. That's not what he says. He says, Enoloiki means it's not a biblical prohibition, but it is a rabbinical prohibition. So, before we moving further, which one of the two of the two opinions, requires understanding, requires a reason. In other words, which one makes sense, which one doesn't make sense? Because the Talmud is going to continue to explain the reasons, but it is mainly because one of them. There is one of them that makes sense. It's the other one that doesn't make sense, that requires the Talmud to continue and explain. Yeah, Binyamin, you wanted to say something? Ah, you're muted. The, um, the Rabbanon makes sense because it, the, 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 the Rabbanon one makes sense, not the Daraisa. So you say the rabbinical one, the one who says it's a rabbinical prohibition, makes sense, but not the other one. Why? We didn't speak about Shabbos. We don't know anything about Shabbos now. Oh. For? But we're not speaking about Shabbos. We're speaking about Yom, about Yom Tov for a weekday. Let me get my thoughts together. Sure. Take your time. Take your time. Here's the thing, Chayo. Anybody? Anybody else? There is one of the two that makes sense. So, Rabbi, you're talking. To me, it seems I'm not sure if it's the, 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 the law itself or the reason. It says, now, Christa says, Loki, you get mountains if you try to rest. Why does he have to explain himself? If it's prohibited, it's prohibited. Why do you have to say, well, there is no loophole, that's why you get blockers. It's prohibited. If you transgress, you have the consequences. 
why is he trying why does he need to explain the pro that there's no way around the prohibition okay so Rabbi Bellman is reading ahead and he's quoting here the next few lines no, but you, or you're quoting ahead, but but if you continue, if you continue ahead, you will see that the Gemara explains both of them. Explains one, it starts with Rav Chizdan and explains Rabba. We're gonna soon see it. We're gonna soon take a look at it. Uh, so from the quotes, it's not clear exactly. I hear what you want to say, but that would be only if the Gemara only explains Rav Chizda. The Gemara continues and explains also Rabba. My question is, which one to you, to you, makes sense, knowing everything you know about Yom Tov? Let me help you. The Torah says that on Yom Tov, just like Shabbos, you're not allowed to work. You're not allowed to do works. Melachot, okay? But there is one exception. You're allowed to cook, but the Torah doesn't say you're allowed to cook. The Torah says, Ach, however, Asher yachel lachem lechol nefesh, whatever you need for the day to survive, and not just to survive, but to celebrate, it's fine. Once you hear the Torah tells you, but cooking for the day of Yom Tov, it's an exception. So I'm asking you again, you don't know about Rav Chizan Rabbah. I'm asking you, so tell me, for the next day, it's prohibited according to the Torah, yes or no? But if the Torah tells you that it's only an exception to cook on Yom Tov for the Yom Tov, it's an exception. Normally, you're not allowed to cook on Yom Tov. You're not allowed to do any melach on Yom Tov. But we are, we, we, for, for cooking, we made a special exception that because you need to celebrate and to be happy, it's there, we, we allow you. <laughs> so for the next day, it doesn't fall under this exception. So Rav Chizda, who says, Loike, it's a biblical prohibition, makes sense. It is, ra- it is Rabba who says, Eina Loike, in other words, it's, it's, a, it's, it's not a biblical prohibition. It's okay. Uh, but uh, there is a rabbinical prohibition. This requires understanding. Why, why, is not, why, why biblically it's not prohibited? Where, where do you see that in the Torah? The Torah says that we allow you only for the day of Yom Tov. So listen to the Gemara. The Gemara now comes to, um, to explain, to clarify. The Gemara explained the reason. Rav Chizda Omar Loike Lo Yamrinan Oil. Rav Chizda says, You receive Malkus because we don't say Lo Yamrinan, sorry, Lo Yamrinan Oil Umiklelele Ochim Chazila. We don't say the principle of saints that could be guests. So it's considered as if. That this is of use for the Yom Tov. Rabbi Omar, Rabbi says no. Ain't like it. It's not biblically prohibited. Why? Amrin oil. 
Because we do say oil. We do say sins. Let's pause here. Since oil is a principle. And it's a principle that applies not only here, but it applies in other places as well. So much so that this principle has got now a nickname called oil. Oil, which literally means sins. The principle of sins. Like if you remember Migu, Migu was also sins, you could say... Migo is the same thing. It's Migo is a whole pill It's a whole sentence, but we call it after the first word, Migo. Migo now, it's a name for the principle. So to Hoyil, it became now the, the, the nickname for this principle. Since you could, etc., etc. So the first word, Hoyil, means since. What is that? So let me first clarify an important principle regarding... Uh, cooking on Yom Tov. We said cooking on Yom Tov for the Yom Tov it's okay. For another day it's not okay. And the question is whether it's not okay biblically or rabbinically. But before you say it's okay, it's not okay, you have to define what is considered cooking for Yom Tov and cooking for another day. So it is not what you have in mind. It is not. If you have in mind for the Yom Tov, so that's considered for the Yom Tov. And if you have in mind for another day, well, it's automatically considered for another day. No, it doesn't work like that. It works more like this. When I cook on the Yom Tov, if there is enough time before my Yom Tov meal, for this food to be used for the Yom Tov meal, it is considered Yom Tov food related, Yom Tov food cooking. Even if I have in mind that this will be used for the day after or for the week after, doesn't matter what I have in mind. But if physically speaking, realistically speaking, when I cook, it's, it's possible that this food could actually be used on the day of Yom Tov, then according to everybody, Rav Chizda, Rabba, that it's fine, it's no problem, because that's considered cooking for Yom Tov. Why? Because it doesn't matter what I have, I had in mind that, but since I could change my mind, and it's very possible I'll change my mind, especially when you're in a Yom Tov and we, work, we need more, more food, I may in the middle of the meal say, you know what, we have another fish, let's take it. So what I had in mind, punct for my own little mind and my own little reasons when I cooked, I meant to plan for this. That's, that's not what halacha decides whether that's considered Yom Tov or not Yom Tov. Vice versa, to illustrate. If it's a second 
to be extreme. A second before the end of Yom Tov. Okay? <laughs> and I'm cooking a huge, uh, a huge, uh, a huge uh, roast. And I say, Leshem Gdushas Yom Tov. I'm thinking that this is for Yom Tov. Chachamim says, you know, we, we, we don't consider that. It doesn't make any sense to us. You could think whatever you want, but that's not possible for this roast to be eaten on Yom Tov. So therefore, that's not, that will not be considered Yom Tov food, and that's, and that's a prohibition. The question is, and this is the question where Rav Chizda and Rabbah are arguing about. I'm cooking right after my meal in the afternoon. And there is still a few hours till the end of Yom Tov. Is it prohibited? And I'm cooking it in mind, I have in mind for the next day. Is it prohibited or not? Is it biblically prohibited or not? Rav Hizda said for sure. That's not Yom Tov food. Rabbi said, wait a second. It's not biblically prohibited. It's fine, rabbinically. Uh, sorry, biblically. Why? Since. Says Rabbi Lagis. Since potentially. There could be a group of guests coming. Ochim. Now one, two, but ten. It's post-corona. There could be a group of guests coming in. And I will need food and I will serve them this food. So potentially, this food could be considered Yom Tov food. And therefore, if it's Yom Tov food, it's not biblically prohibited. How I had in mind for tomorrow? Who cares? We, we don't define necessarily by your mind. We define whether it's possible for this food to be eaten on Yom Tov. Well, you have to, if it was in the morning, everyone agrees it's fine. Even if I had in mind for tomorrow because I have a meal coming up. But even after the meal, says Rabbah, and that's the situation in which they are arguing, he says it could be guessed. Ah, you tell me, but I'm not expecting guests. Well, potentially it's possible. They might come in. Family can come in. Who knows? Something can happen. So, potentially that's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a possibility. And therefore it's Yom Tov. Rav Chizda says to Rabbi, no, I don't hold from sins. Sins. Sins, it's possible that they'll be guests. This is potential. Realistically speaking, I, I, I live in a world of the tangible. Do you expect guests? No. Are you cooking for the guests? No. You tell me possible some guests were yeah, possible. A lot, a lot of things could happen. But I do not consider this in Jewish law. And therefore, that's not Yom Tov food. That's weekday food. And if that's weekday food, it's prohibited. Biblically prohibited. Perhaps, I'm just opening a bracket here. Perhaps that the argument between Rav Chizda and Rabbah 
is if, if you were in our classes when we discussed Abaye and Rava, we mentioned these two mindsets. Whether in Jewish law, we only consider things which are tangible, that we can see and touch, or do we also consider in Jewish law things which are a bit more abstract, a bit more potential, a bit more removed from the reality, from the day-to-day reality of our world. And so there were, like we discussed then, there were some Bet Shammai, Bet Hillel, some school of thought, some Tanaim Amoraim, who thought that when you speak in Jewish law, we only deal with the tangible, what I have, what I can touch, feel, and see. But the abstract and the potential, it may happen, I do not consider these things. Others were of the opinion that you do consider, you do value, you do consider, you do relate to the abstract cases, the abstract possibilities, the abstract realities that could happen in Jewish law. And we could say that this is a little bit what's going on here um, between Rabbah and Rav Chizda. And by the way, this oil thing here, it's about guest. But in other, I mentioned earlier, in other subject, the subject changes, but the mindsets are the same. Whether you consider something oil since it could have happened, meaning the potential is a reality that, that you consider in Jewish law, or you say, no, I don't care since it could have happened. Right now, it's not happening. It's not happening. Okay? That's the question. That's the argument between Rabbah and Rav Chizda. Let's move on now. Now, <laughs> there is an exchange, a conversation between Rabbah and Rav Chizda, which is very interesting and relates directly to our discussion of Eruv Tavshilin in Tracted Beitza. Omar le Rabba le Rav Chizda. Rabba said to Rav Chizda, Le Didach, according to you, I don't understand you. Le Didach de Omart le Yamrinan Oil, according to you, who says, that I disagree, that I do not consider with the concept of sins, since guess could happen, I do not consider that. It's after my meal on Yom Tov, finish. It's considered weekday food. According to you, he says, so therefore you're saying that cooking on a Yom Tov for a weekday, it's a biblical prohibition, right? Ask Rabbi to Rav Chizda a question. So according to you, how could you ever possibly cook on a Yom Tov for a Shabbos? Now, the question is based on a certain premise. Now, we all know we end up cooking one way or another. We end up cooking on a Yom Tov for a Shabbos. So he says, how could we, how could we do that? How could anybody do that? There is a prohibition to cook from a Yom Tov to a weekday. According to you, it's biblically. So how could you ever cook from a Yom Tov to a Shabbos? Listen what he answers. 
Amalei, Mishum Eruv et Tafshirin. He says, because we do Eruv Tafshirin. And because you do Eruv Tafshirin, all of a sudden it removes the prohibition. And now you're allowed to cook from a Yom Tov to a Shabbos. Continues Rabbi and he says, Amalei, Umish, there is no Amalei, but he continues saying, Umishum Eruv et Tafshirin. Sharina Nisura de Raisa. Rabbi is saying, I, I knew about the roof tafshilin. Of course I knew. But my question was, according to you, that cooking from Yom Tov to a weekday, it's a biblical prohibition. It would mean that there is no difference between Yom Tov to a weekday and Yom Tov to a Shabbos. And both should be biblically prohibited. And if that's the case, how could one cook on a Yom Tov for a Shabbos? And you answer me because he did the Ruf Tavshilin before. Whatever Ruf Tavshilin is, how could the Ruf Tavshilin, which is a rabbinical thing, how could it remove a, a biblical prohibition? How could it allow a biblical prohibition? It's impossible. And let's pause here for a moment and explain what's going on. Two things are going on here. The first thing that is going on is, according to the mindset of Rav Chizda, we have a question. That's what Rabbi is asking to him. But another thing is going on here, which Rabbi implies, that according to him, to Rabbi's mindset, everything is fine. The whole problem is according to Rav Chizda. And that's what I would like to explain before we even go into the answer of Rav Chizda. Because Rav Chizda, don't worry for him, he's going to defend himself and he's going to answer. But before we go further, let's analyze the question. Why is it a question only to Rav Chizda? And what, according to Rabba, everything is good? <clears throat> so bear with me for a few minutes here. There are few principles to understand how, according to Rabbi, everything is smooth. Few principles that we need to go one by one. To understand the logic and the reasoning, how it works according to Rabbi. A, number one. To cook from a Yom Tov, a holiday, to a weekday. Biblically, it's not prohibited. Why? Because you can always claim the principle of sins. Oil, sins, something could... Sins, gets, could come. So in other words, there will never be... Not there will never be, but there will most of the time except for the last few seconds of Yom Tov. The entire Yom Tov, you can always claim they might be guests. So it turns out that to cook from a Yom Tov to a weekday, according to Rabbah, biblically, there is no problem. What about rabbinically? Rabbinically, it's prohibited. 
said Rabba. Ain't no locates, not, but he didn't say muta. He said, it's not allowed, but not biblically. So rabbinically, it's not allowed. Why is not allowed rabbinically? It goes like this. Could you cook tomorrow? Tomorrow is weekday. Yes. Yes. So cook tomorrow. Why are you going to desecrate the Yom Tov? For tomorrow. Yom Tov at the end of the day is holy. And should be reserved for Yom Tov. Work should be allowed for the Yom Tov. But for a week, I understand that biblically is fine. I understand that. The rabbis came and made a prohibition. They are like this. They are prohibition rabbinically. What about Yom Tov for a Shabbos according to this understanding? Rabbi. Biblically, it's not prohibited. Obviously, because if for a weekday it's not, obviously even for a Shabbos it's not. But even rabbinically, it, it's not prohibited. And it was never prohibited. And for two reasons. Second principle. Why did they prohibit the rabbis, why did they prohibit from a Yom Tov to a weekday? Because they said, you can cook tomorrow. So originally, originally they, did, they did not include Shabbat in this prohibition. Because Shabbat, you can say, cook tomorrow. I'm stuck tomorrow, tomorrow is Shabbos. Which you called in Hebrew, She'at Atchak. When I have no other choice, they realize that Shabbos, <laughs> I have no other choice. I must cook the day before. So they say, you know what? We're not going to include in our rabbinical prohibition, we're not going to include Shabbos. It's only weekday, uh, Yom Tov to weekday, but not Yom Tov to Shabbos. That's number one. Second principle, second reason. Sometimes Chachamim do exera, they introduce a prohibition, so you will not transgress another prohibition. To prevent you exactly from transgressing another prohibition. For example, you're not allowed to mix. Uh, and eat chicken and uh, and milk. That's not biblical. That's rabbinical. And why is that? It's a gzeira, to prevent you not to eat actual meat and and milk. So here, why don't you say Chachamim should do a second prohibition weekday for Shabbos? Why? Because somebody may transgress the, the Yom Tov for Shabbos, sorry. Because somebody may transgress Yom Tov for the week. I understand that in the first place, you did not want to include everything in the same package. 
in the first place, you only included the weekday, but not Shabbos. But after that, why not? Why Chachamim did not find the need to say, well, because there is a prohibition, Yom Tov to the weekday, let's also make now a new prohibition, Yom Tov for the Shabbos, so to prevent and to protect the other prohibition. That's not possible. They don't have the authority to do that. Why? Listen to this principle. Ein gozrin gzera ligzera. Chachamim can never introduce a prohibition rabbinically to protect another rabbinical prohibition. Can't do that. They can do a rabbinical prohibition to protect a biblical prohibition. That's a gzera. But a gzera to a gzera, they can't do that. Therefore, here, Chachamim could not, could not have uh, 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 prohibited somebody to cook a Yom Tov to a Shabbos because, why? Because Yom Tov to a weekday is prohibited. So let's prohibit this because of that. Impossible. Because the, according to Rabbi, Yom Tov to a weekday, it's, it's, rabbinically, it's rabbinical prohibition in the first place. Therefore, according to Rabbah, what is a roof tafshilin? According to Rabbah, a roof tafshilin could be either could be either Rava or Ravashi. Meaning that before a roof tafshilin, there was no prohibition to cook on a Yom Tov for a Shabbos, as we just explained at length. Came a roof tafshilin, and what happened? Well, either we learn, like Rava, that a roof tafshilin is here to remind you about Shabbos, and after that, to strengthen that mitzvah, Chachamim introduce the penalty that you will not be able to cook on a Yom Tov for a Shabbos, or we learn, like Ravashi, that what is a roof tafshilin? Well, Eruv Tavshanin is the introduction of a new type of prohibition, which is you may not begin the process of cooking, but you may continue and complete the process of cooking. That would be according to Rabba. So he could learn either like Rava, either like Ravashi. But at least Rabba is saying to Rav Chizda, according to me, how do we cook from Yom Tov to a Shabbos? <laughs> No problem whatsoever. But according to you, according to you, Rav Chizda, you have a problem. And that's how Rabbi understood Rav Chizda. He says, according to you, it's a biblical prohibition on Yom Tov to cook for another day, weekday. Well, I don't see a difference why this biblical prohibition would not apply for a Shabbos. What would be a difference? And if that's the case... Even Eruv Tavshunin can't help you. Because Eruv Tavshunin, whatever device that is, can never remove a biblical prohibition. Ah, what's going on? So two things we don't understand according to Rav Chiza. A, we don't understand how could you cook, how could you ever cook on a Yom Tov for a Shabbos. But B, we also don't understand according to him how does Eruv Tavshunin works. What is the Uta Shulin doing? So let's take a look now 
what Rav Hida is answering. And we will be introduced now to a whole new reason to a whole new approach to Eruv Tavshunim. Omar Lei, Chizda answered to Rabbo, Mi deoraisa tzorke Shabbos naasin beyontev. Biblically, anything that is needed for Shabbos can be done for a yontev. On a yontev. Verabonon hu de gazru. And Chachamim made a gzera. And Chachamim prohibited to cook a Yom Tov for a Shabbos. Why? Gzera shema yomru oifin mi Yom Tov Because people may say, may end up transgressing from a Yom Tov to a weekday. So it's a rabbinical prohibition. Yom Tov for a Shabbos. And then, V'kivan de'atzrechu Rabbanon Eruva Tavshirin. And once Chachamim said, you need to do Eruv Tavshirin, Itle Kera, now you have a sign and a reminder. What is he saying? Afrizda is saying to Rabbi like this, listen, you were wrong to assume that according to me, because weekday to, uh, sorry, Yom Tov to weekday, it's a biblical prohibition. Therefore, it's automatically the same thing from a Yom Tov to a Shabbos. No, it's wrong, he says. And why? He introduces a concept here, which... Obviously, I fill you in. Not everything is in the Talmud, as you can see. So <laughs> I'm just filling you in from what the commentaries, including Rashi and Tosfot and the Rambam and the Ramban and the Rishonim, they're all, they're all here filling in. This is what Rav Chiza is saying. Say, listen. Yom Tov in the Torah is also called a Shabbos. Sometimes the term Shabbat goes on holidays. Because it's a day of rest also. More than that, he's saying to Rabbi, Yom Tov and Shabbat, both are holy days. Almost like when you have a Yom Tov on Friday and then you have a Shabbos, it's almost like they merge together and it becomes one long, big holy day. It's one big Shabbos. It's one big Yom Tov. It's one thing. And therefore, once you realize this, this concept, he says, when the Torah allows you and made that special exception to cook for a Yom Tov, for the day of Yom Tov, for the need of Yom Tov, it naturally, it automatically includes also for Shabbos. Because Yom Tov and Shabbos are the same thing. 
Ah, it's, it's, it's a day after? So what? The same way the Torah, you understand that it allows you for the Yom Tov 24 hours. Well, I'm telling you, it allows you 48 hours. It's, 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 all, it's all one entity. That's how Avchizda looks at things. That's something that Rabbah did not thought about. And Rav Chizda is revealing to him. Therefore, he says, Rav Chizda to Rabbah, listen, according to me, yeah, Yom Tov to a weekday, it's a biblical prohibition. True. Because I don't hold by oil. I don't hold about this principle. Since you could guess could happen now. That's too potential. That's too far-fetched. It's biblically prohibited. But Yom Tov to a Shabbos? It's like Yom Tov for a Yom Tov. And biblically, it's fine. Now, rabbinically, it's a problem. Why? Chachamim came and made a And now they have the authority. They said, Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. if we're going to let the Jews cook from Yom Tov to Shabbos, as it is biblical, they may end up cooking from a Yom Tov to a weekday and transgress a biblical prohibition. We must protect that. So what did they do? A typical Gzera, they prohibited to cook on Yom Tov for a Shabbos. Because it's for another day. That was before a roof tafshilin. You get it? Now came a roof tafshilin. What is a roof tafshilin? A roof tafshilin is this new takana, this new device that Chachamim introduced in order to allow the cooking on Yom Tov for a Shabbos. And remove that rabbinical prohibition. But how does it work? Because remember, there was a there was a concern. So they said like this: If we're gonna give the person something to do that will serve as a hacker, that will serve as a sign, as a reminder, as some type of things that will make him aware. That is only allowed to cook from a Yom Tov to a Shabbos because of Shabbos, but normally it would be prohibited. And the, on, the only reason why you're doing the why, why we allow you is because you put an Elul Tavshulin. So that will that will be that will be fine. Why? Because now the person has his Eruv Tavshelim and he's, 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 he's cooking on Yom Tov. But when he sees the Eruv Tavshelim, he remembers that the only reason why he's cooking today is not because uh, free for all. It's because he's got an Eruv Tavshelim here that allows to cook. That will prevent the awareness when it's going to come from a Yom Tov to a weekday He's not going to make the mistake and cook and go ahead and cook uh, from a Yom Tov to a, to a weekday.
Uh, let me let me just add some salt and pepper and conclude with this and then take some questions. But how exactly the roof tafshelin works? How does it serve as a reminder? Not just as I just described it. Simple because once you put something and only that allows you, it reminds you that really you were prohibited, but you were allowed and therefore is more to it because you'll you'll ask me so why exactly that thing why you put some yellow sign on your on your uh, on your on your wall why that particular how how this thing of evolution serves as a reminder that uh, people will remember that normally it's prohibited and we just allowed you so this is how it works we say to you mister rebid Take one, one cook dish before Yom Tov. Prepare it then before Yom Tov for the Shabbos. And that will serve. That cook dish will serve as a reminder. Why you took that one before Yom Tov? Because you're not allowed to cook on Yom Tov for a Shabbos. So at least with regard to this cook dish, you have applied the concept that it cannot be cooked on Yom Tov for the Shabbos. And once you have done that, now you remember, fine. So the rest you can cook on Yom Tov for Shabbos. We want that at least one thing that you will use for Shabbos, we tell you this one, you cannot cook it on, you cannot cook it on Yom Tov. This one, you must cook it before Yom Tov. So the fish, let's say, we want you to take a fish. And the fish, we want you to cook it before Yom Tov for the Shabbos. What's the purpose of this? To remind you, you see that fish? You see that fish? You were not allowed to cook it. That fish, you were not allowed to cook it on Yom Tov for the Shabbos. We ask you, that fish should be cooked before Yom Tov. Well, why is that? Oh yeah, because Yom Tov, there is normally a prohibition to cook for the Shabbos. So that fish will always remind you, there is this entire time, that it's not so simple to cook from a Yom Tov to a Shabbos. And we only allowed you now because you put the Yeruv shilling. Once, once you're aware of that, then we feel safe. We know that you're not going to go ahead and transgress the prohibition to cook from a Yom Tov to a weekday. Now, question to you. Final question, and then we'll take your comments and your questions. But final question to you. <laughs> and Binyamin, you can answer that if you'd like. This third approach, which is Rav Chizda, this approach to Eruv Tavshonin, is it going back to the three definitions? Is it first definition, second definition, or third definition? Indeed. What was the first approach? There was a prohibition. And Eruv Tavshonin came to allow this prohibition. 
That's exactly what Rav Chizda is saying. There was. Why there was? Because there was a rabbinical prohibition to cook on a Yom Tov for a Shabbos. And the whole Eruv Tav Shalim is here to allow this prohibition through the Heke, through the sign, through the reminder. Number two and number three, it's a whole different approach. Before that, there was no such a prohibition. Before Eruv Tav Shalim. And that follows the opinion of Rabba in Tractate Psachim. Rabba says there was never a prohibition, even rabbinically, to cook from a Yom Tov to a Shabbos. There was never such a thing. Because even to a weekday it was rabbinical. To a Shabbos, completely okay. What happened after? I come to you, Avram Dov. But what happened after? Came in with So, according to Rava, in Tractate Beitza, Kemeruv Tavshalim to protect Shabbos, to remember about setting aside enough uh, food for uh, Shabbos, and the prohibition came after that to strengthen this mitzvah. And according to Ravashi, well, Eruv Tavshalim is the very, the very introduction of a limited prohibition, not allowed to begin the process of cooking but to continue the process of cooking. All that follows the mindset of Rabba, the opinion of Rabba in, in Psachim, that before Eruv Tavshin, there was no such a problem of cooking, not biblically, not rabbinically, not at all, of cooking from Yom Tov to Eshavis. Bezrat Hashem. Next week, we're going to get to the next step, which is uh, analyze some cases, some situations, practical situations of Eruv Tavshilin, whether it's okay, whether it's not okay, whether it works, it doesn't work, based on the three, on the three approaches, on the three now, on the three understanding that we have to Eruv Tavshilin.